Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody. Hello. It is time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Make sure you subscribe to us where you're watching, if you're watching us live on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're listening after the fact from uh, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, or Google, or wherever else you may have found this program, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. Welcome, everybody. I am Pastor Padron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Shell, Pat, and Dave. Yo. And we have our very special guest with us tonight. Nick Laramie, nasty up, Nick nasty. <laughs> from Drew Estate. It is earned. Yeah, is it? It is earned. How so? You'll find Hard out later. Work. You'll find out later. <laughs> Spend over it, I'll show you. Mm, <laughs> now, <clears throat> if you have spent any time at all in the world of cigars, you know that there are a number of brands out there that seem to have achieved something of a cult status. People are always asking for them. When you smoke one, people ooh, people ah. They say, where did you get that? I haven't seen that in years. Mm. And, you know, we are smoking one of those tonight. This is Drew Estates Liga Privada number 9. This is the Robusto. And we are going to be talking about cigar cults and their followers while we light up and enjoy and talk about this cigar it's yes, going to be a are. fun night of course it is it's going to be a fun night and uh do you want to tell us a little bit about the cigar inside outside and what it's made of and all that how old these are are these millions of years old so i do not think these are millions of years old that's good i think these are pretty much fresh off the fresh out the box yep out of last sure week's they, box. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they arrived like uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that be true, Nasty Nick. Literally twos of days ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a Connecticut broadleaf. Um, all of the wrapper leaf grown for Liga Privada is grown in the Connecticut River Valley. Oh, which Connecticut, is Connecticut. Literally a couple of couple of hour drive from here. Yep. On the Foster Family Farms, which is where we have the barn smoker. I might Mm -hmm. kind of quick plug there. Plug, plug. If you're not not planning on going to the Connecticut barn smoker, you better get on it now because when is that sold out? Those are in August. August. So there, I don't even know if there's tickets available. I probably shouldn't be pimping something that I don't. Probably not, but you know you're already <laughs> pimping anyway. You might Let's as well do just it. Hey, pimp big, the pimp big. out of this. You know, like pimperage. we do, like mm-hmm. we do. And then it's a, the binder is a Brazilian Modafina, right? That is true. It's a Brazilian Modafina binder and Nicaraguan filler. Whoa. Honduran, a little bit of Honduran in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this one, the Robusto, is a 50 by 54. Mm. So it's a thick know, one. It's a, it's a girthy, I think is the word I'd like to use. Girthy. It's a girthy Robusto. It's a girthy Robusto. Yeah, it's got some heft to it. It's, you know, you know, it's, it's you funny. Know, you know, you, you know, know, it's in your hand when you're picking it up. Let's put it... <laughs> wow, that's what she said. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, as I was gathering information for the show and getting the the specs on the cigar and everything for the show, I read one review um, where it said it said it was a five by fifty. I said, no, it's <laughs> not. No, it's not. And then I went, yes, indeed, it is a 54. It's got a little more girth than a 50. Very, very nice. Much, it's, a, it's a good size. Much like a lot of cigar makers, uh, you know, Toro doesn't always mean Toro. Right. Corona Doble doesn't actually mean Corona Doble. Sometimes that means Churchill. <laughs> you know, <laughs> depends on the brand and the label, and it depends on who you're talking to. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah, there's yeah. always there's always variation, and in a way, that's one of the things I love about this industry is it's very flexible in a way. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many. Like everything's that, fluid. You know, like there's you know. Let's, let's no let's, such let's, thing as absolute <laughs> truth. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a Churchill. Yes, it is. It is to me. It's a Corona. Dole. I identify. That's what it says. It says it's a Churchill right on the box. Uh, well, okay. you know, by some people's <laughs> standards, that's a Corona Doble. Mm -hmm. That's true. This, yeah. this is not a Corona This Doble. is not a Corona Doble. This is a fat This Robusto. is a very girthy Robusto. <laughs> very girthy. It's very veiny, if you've noticed. I'm yes. Not sure if mm. I have I highlighted the veins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a great, she said. the wrapper has a nice feel to it, too. <laughs> I mean, you could feel that you could feel the veins and everything, but it's pretty smooth. Thing is, though. It tastes so damn good. Mm -hmm. Now uh, these are aged. Are these are aged a year before they're put out. These are these are aged. I'm not entirely sure about the time, but the mm -hmm. rumor, the what I've been the rumor. told, rumor has it. These I, have been out for 20 years. We're still dealing with rumors. We don't know. No, what I what I have been told is they are aged <laughs> at least six months before okay. they are actually released. So I don't know what the actual time is. I mean, the leaf takes a long time to age. Right. They're I mean, it's aged around, tobacco when they start it. They're, they're, they're saying it takes around three years just to age the wrapper leaf because Connecticut broadleaf is so thick. Right. You know. Girthy. Oh, she said. You were waiting. <laughs> you know, I was waiting for that. Girthy, <laughs> just like the cigar. It, it, it's so thick that it takes a long time to mature, unlike the rest of us. <laughs> I just want to lick that. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to move back into the PG-13 version of Not Just Blowing Smoke and ask Pat what we are drinking tonight because this doesn't look like anything out of any of those three bottles there. It's black like my soul. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, that's your cue to talk, Pat. It's Eagle Rare. <laughs> Which is a ten-year-age uh, Kentucky straight bourbon it's, mm -hmm. uh, from the Buffalo Trace Distillery, and we'll kind of get into that topic later. But we, I chose that because we're doing the whole cult following, and I mean, I've only been drinking for a couple years, but you know, since <laughs> COVID and everything, everyone legally said that, anyway, you know, Buffalo Trace <laughs> products is literally impossible to get. Like it went mm. from being something that was just on the shelf regularly to like now you have to ask to get it from the back. 
of the liquor stores. Always have to ask to get it from the back. Always. Consent is king. Consent is king. <laughs> Why? Okay. That's what she said. Why? Why? That's that's all I can say. <clears throat> so Pat, now as I look at my glass here, this is like almost jet black, mm. and that looks like a nice dark caramely brown. What? What? in the name of all tarnation happened it's a uh, carbonated so i put activated charcoal powder inside of it like just a little bit of a pinch but it turns it black and it doesn't do anything to the flavor and it's just liga number nine stock cut tobacco you gotta wrap it with a black drink nice little cop nitrate color it's also really good for like detoxing and everything so if you ever have a big night of drinking this is a nice little recovery. Just put some carbon. Just, just put some activated just carbon in your booze, yeah, and you'll yeah, be good. Yep, I had a carbon activated liver. Yeah. Well, some <laughs> people's liver needs a little uh, help there, Dave. Charcoal filter there. Perhaps you would find this helpful. Hey. <laughs> All right. So now I've never had this before, so I can't speak to what, if anything, the 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 charcoal did to this it's gonna make our teeth black. other than other than you know putting charcoal uh scared well no i mean now now nasty nick has a nasty black stripe across his nose yeah yeah there you go oh no it's still there yeah it's, it's probably there. probably there forever we'll just gonna live with it yep just just lick it <laughs> No, Dave. Man, I even I did it. I just want to lick that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In all seriousness, here, drop. <laughs> people, people who have had the, the Eagle Rare uh, before, did the did the carb did the, did the uh, charcoal change the flavor at all? Um, the flavor, not so much the texture, for sure. Mm. Yeah, texture. like it definitely got some grittiness out of this and. That's <laughs> because sure there's that's dust up. in it. <laughs> well, and and on the rim, I mean, I yeah. definitely got a little bit <laughs> of job there. Oh yeah, someone was setting them up, aren't you? This is, this is, I was teeing it up, yeah. and then just not good people, not good <laughs> <laughs> sausage rope. Mm, sausage rope. I if only we were having sausage right. rope. So, <clears throat> Pat, do you want to talk about these other? Uh, bottles on the table and why they're here yeah so i mean when it comes to the cult following kind of conversation we're going to get into like this is the three kind of buffalo trace products that before i don't even know when it kind of started becoming a limited thing but or a rarity but it's they're not really an even so buffalo trace in the my far left i don't know if the screen's oriented to that but just the core line it's like i want to say it's maybe like 25 a bottle and it's it's like a really cheap really good bourbon for the price and again you used to always be able to get it but then because of like this kind of cult following that just sees the name buffalo trace they just instantly buy it because it has kind of like that notoriety and that cult following to it and then to the right of that is blanton's which is literally impossible to get like you have to everyone's like conspiracizing it's like oh it's the third thursday of the month when it comes in whatever it's it's you can't get it and if you do it's you, you got lucky what do you think it's just everyone wants a little horse on the top well so that's the thing with blends <clears throat> is initially that was what made it start to be rare is because like each horse has a different letter and then it goes from like a start position to a running position 
and people like would collect all of the letters to spell Blanton's and then I think you can send those into um, Buffalo Trace and they make some kind of um, statue thing out of it. They weld like them together. Almost, yeah. Right? So initially, that's why Blanton's like collectors would kind of go after it. But it seems in the you know recent years that kind of like there's kind of a cult following to it to where even someone that doesn't drink Blanton's if they see it they're gonna buy it just because you can't get it. So a lot of people are kind of flocking <clears throat> to that brand for that whatever reason kind of came up. Mm. All right. So before we get into the meat of the discussion about about cigar cults and cultic behavior and the members of said cults and their behavior, of which Nasty Nick is certainly one. Uh, what are people? What what are the first impressions here of the uh, Liga Nine? Uh, people come in and ask for this cigar all, all the time, and they're coming. They you know several years ago, it was they were fairly easy to come by, and n n at least for twins. I now was say, it depends on who you are. And <laughs> now you know they'll come up literally a, a box or two at a time if if we're lucky of a particular size. And so as soon as they come in, everyone sees them. They're all gone. It doesn't matter if that you limit the numbers people can buy or not. Mm. Within, you know, 48 hours, they're gone. Uh, so, and then everyone is asking and, you know, lamenting and crying. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pitiful watching cigar people cry on the floor because they missed Liga by an hour. No. Is it so though, what's what's or is it gratifying a little bit? <laughs> it was gratifying the first few times. <laughs> you know, it's it's like the guy, you know, who says, Oh, that cigar isn't scanning, I guess it's free. <laughs> you know, the first time you hear that, you know, <laughs> that's good. And then the thirtieth time you hear it, you're like, Shut your mouth. Yep. That's a way more polite way of saying it than I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I don't work at Twins. Which is why you don't work at Twins. <laughs> nasty. It's why he's nasty. Nasty Nick. Nasty Nick. We're going there tonight. I yeah. feel it. That is the truth. <laughs> so, so to me, um, obviously, you know, the dis one of the most distinctive features is the color of the wrapper, which mm -hmm. is the nature of the stock cutting and the fact that they hang it upside down in the rafters as it's curing so mm -hmm. that it drips drips all drips yeah it gets all them drippings it catches the leaves catch all the drippings it's not, it's not gravy dave gravy uh, gravy so all the chlorophyll goes into the you know into the leaf instead of just all dissipating the way they normally would mm -hmm. and so you get this really dark rich heavy thick oily Cue the sound. That's what she said. <laughs> Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it uh as it ferments, which as we've talked about, it takes an average of about three years to ferment the tobacco mm -hmm. in order to get it usable as the final product. Yeah. Product. Yep. So anywhere from three to five years wow. is roughly the aging and uh fermentation of the tobacco which lends into one of the the reasons that it isn't everywhere all the time mm -hmm. you know that that you can only make so much of this stuff in a given year 
because the tobacco has to be at least so old to even make the cigar. Then it has to sit for six months, 12 months. Well, and there's also no other region that grows this tobacco. It's mm -hmm. Connecticut, and we're limited to the space that they grow right. this tobacco in Connecticut, which is kind of a dying industry in the United States overall. Kind of. Right? They, they really don't grow a whole lot here, No, as it turns out. No. I wonder why that is. There's a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. That we won't go into. We this, won't go this into that. This is not our politics podcast. This is not the politics um, show. Yeah. But it, you know, not only just space limited, but also season limit, limited. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember we did the barn smoker the first year I got here, which was about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And... We had taken the tour and gone through everything the night after a massive hailstorm. Mm -hmm. And when you're walking through, there's gargantuan hail holes through all the big Connecticut broadleaves. Big, beautiful, girthy Connecticut broadleaves. And what are you going to do with that? You can't, you can't even use it as filler at that point because there's no <laughs> use. Yeah. Mm, Papas Fritas. <laughs> That's why we have a bumper scrap of Papas Fritas, man. <laughs> but no, you can't even, it's not even worth, you know, fermenting and aging and doing everything to the tobacco when you know you can't get a wrapper leaf out of right. it. Right, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, I think, it's an expensive process. I think 70% roughly of the cost of a cigar is the wrapper. Mm -hmm. So beyond that, like... It's, there's no point. Yeah. So, so it got tilled into the ground and we were flavored it. We were, it flavored it for the next one. So we were out for a long time of mm -hmm. T52. Yeah. Cause that was the leaf that was that at that season. I mean, I don't know exactly how many growing seasons they have mm -hmm. every year, but that season, like we were just out. So three mm -hmm. years from that day ago yep <clears throat> we didn't have yep any t52s <laughs> well and now you have you know cigar importing into the country going through the roof mm -hmm. the last time i heard it was up 60 percent over the previous year so you've got a lot more people buying cigars and smoking cigars and so <laughs> what was maybe hard to get before is now really hard to get because you've got more people smoking them more people looking for them well, and then and, and it's the, and it, you've got a limited production that you can make. And when you're a director, <clears> the the cult like status, the evangelism of people who love fill in the blank cigar, you know, when you try something you love, what are you going to do? Not tell your best friend that you love this cigar, or are you going to be like, yo, you got to try this one, and you're going to give him one, and then he's going to love it, and then he's going to do the same, and next thing you know, you can't find it because. Right. It's because very, you were it's nice. very limited. So that's the problem. <laughs> so we were all cigar people out there. If, <clears throat> if we were all as greedy as certain people mm. who shall remain nameless, Pat, <laughs> he was supposed to remain nameless. <laughs> no, Pat's very generous with his stuff. That he is. Yep. Um, Michelle, what are you getting off the cigar here? Oh. <laughs> Brother Broadleaf, oh. broad, broad what are you getting off of this uh, cigar? What I love about 
the number nine is how earthy and gritty they feel. Uh, the toast is just so woody and campfire-like. You, you feel like you're there in front of a fire, and you're just whiffing it in. Mm. On the retro hill, I get a nice spicy with a tinge of sweetness. It's beautiful. Uh, the thing I do love about the broadleaf itself is that it is so thick. You get a nice hearty <laughs> burn off of it, you know? And it's, it's, it's thick. Always, always a nice burn. Very, very rarely do have to co correct a cigar with a Connecticut broadleaf. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm. Pat? So, our consensus is my third Liga of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I loved one. <laughs> um, Doing our confessions a little bit early, I can't taste anything because this is my no, fourth Liga of the day. So since we were doing it on the show tonight, um, so the, this is my second nine. I had a 52 earlier as well. And it's one of those cigars that, like, when I smoke it, I try not to think about it. I just enjoy it because every time I've, especially the number nine, every time I've smoked a number nine, I get like a different kind of flavor profile. It's, it's, and it's not that the cigar is different. It's that there's so much going on with it. Like mm -hmm. however I'm feeling at that time, what I had, I'm picking up on different flavors. And it, it's, there's so much complexity to it. Like, you know, in this moment, you know, okay. you get like a really kind of meaty, thick smoke on your palate. And then it, the Brazilian Montefina to me gives like kind of like this raisiny kind of sweetness. So that kind of comes in there. Definitely. It's very yep. gritty, very earthy, I'll a little bit of leather. For sure. oh, yeah. And then like the spice on the retro hail is like, yeah. it's like stimulating. It's like really like kind of like dark pepper. And then it yes. kind of fades back into like more of like a bacon spice cinnamon. Mm. So it's like, it's just one of those cigars that just has so much going on with it. Like every time you smoke it, it's going to change. Dave. And the aroma from the smoke too. We just Drew Estate has this thing like most beauty. of their cigars have this distinct aroma from the smoke, and I don't know what causes it, but it's it's really very good. unique. Yes, Dave. Well, what am I supposed to say after that? Like seriously, <laughs> the truth. You let me you go know. first. Yeah. So <clears throat> to me, it's very smoky. The, uh, We're definitely admiring the length of your ash. I know. Yeah, look at this freaking thing. It's beautiful. Uh, there's like a ton of espresso in this. That's mm -hmm. what I'm getting, and it's that's one of my favorite things about uh, broadleaf is the espresso flavors. Yeah, mm -hmm. so rich. It's very thick in the smoke and thick in the palate. Yeah, awesome. Excellent. Would you say girthy? Girthy. That's what she said. And I will say too, like the the bourbon, is it's pretty uh, has a good amount of heat to it. And Eagle Rare to me has like a kind of an earthy kind of flavor to it. It's very woody, a little bit of earth in there. So that does pair very well with the number nine. I think like kind of the texture from the carbon in the drink kind of helps with the number nine, just because like the nine has such like a gritty kind of like earth component to it. I think it's kind of like just adding to that. Yes. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I think the eagle takes a little of the sweetness off the cigar, brings out more of the earth, more of the coffee. Um, you know what would I would describe more as a almost like a sweet cocoa kind of taste becomes more of a unsweetened cocoa kind of a taste. Um, but I think it's a good pairing. You know, bringing out the earthiness of of um, of the cigar and pairing that with the uh, obvious copious amounts of carbon, carbon that's in here. <laughs> it's just a charcoal. Yeah. Yep. So, 
Uh, See, I've course. never tried. I've never tried a bourbon with carbon before, so this is definitely interesting. Car bourbon. Like, I've never done anything like that. In fact, usually I prefer everything neat as neat as can be. And so this you ruined is... it. No, no, not a... <laughs> quite, quite, quite the opposite. It's it's such a different experience. I think it's something that is definitely worth trying if people haven't tried it. Like, I don't know that it's something I'm going to do when I'm at home. I'm not going to put a handful into my bottle, but it's definitely something worth trying. So I appreciate that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh. look at this mad scientist cocktail this guy's doing. You might blow the thing up, Dan. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah smoke this is an actual guys. thing. Oh, I know. This is an actual thing. <laughs> Smoke, charcoal, and bourbon. Yeah, it adds a lot of, it adds a lot, brings out a lot of wood. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it. That's what she said. <laughs> the button's going to explode. Listen, listen that, yeah, Dave, yeah, don't, you don't. are not allowed to use any more Heather quips on Disagree. the soundboard tonight. Twelve times each is enough. In, in the first 20 minutes of the show <laughs> we have 37 we have 37 different sounds on there use them all please. but you got nasty nick on it so Beautiful of course meat. that one's gonna... <laughs> it's only gonna get worse yeah it's only gonna get worse <laughs> you, you literally asked for that ow <laughs> no it's really it's it's really interesting what this the smoking does I'm still figuring out the charcoal and eagle. It's it's good. I think the charcoal is taking a, away from the bite for me. So on the retro, I'm not getting that same oomph I would get without the charcoal. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about the cigar cult uh, here. And let's focus it around Liga, at least at first. You know, there's, you know... It really does seem to have a particular kind of person who comes in here and, you know, I don't know, you know a cigar has a particular kind of cult following when people really, they've never necessarily had it before, they just have heard about it and they want to try it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's achieved that, that kind of thing. But then, so there's, there's, the, there's the wannabe people who are coming after the cigar so that they can show you that they're smoking Liga. They may not be able to appreciate it as much or whatever, but they have it. That's what's important to them. Or they then, can appreciate then, it differently. Like, let's be fair. Just because someone's new to it doesn't mean they can't appreciate the things. Does just, you know, to me, I feel like it seems pretty elitist to assume somebody doesn't appreciate it. Like, Someone can appreciate something even when they're new to it. Well, that's true. But some people, I think, don't you think, want the cigar for the label? Oh, they want. They want to there. say they want. They want to be able to show people, look what I got. I got a Liga Nine. There and then there's the people who actually really appreciate, and they collect the cigars. They age the cigars. They, you know, there's there's like two different. There's the people who are there to be part of the they want to show off what they're doing and then there's the people who 
really believe the Liga is one of the best things that, that is out there, and that's where they're going to invest their cigar money is in that cigar. Ultimately, I think they're both right, but you're talking to somebody who... You're a little biased. To, lucky enough to have the job <laughs> where it is part of my sales. That being said, I, I, I feel like there is just, in a way, a lot of disdain for people that are brand loyalists, which I think is unnecessary. I mean, look, I don't tell Davidoff guys that they can't enjoy Davidoff. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't tell a Padron guy, no, man, that cigar ain't nothing. Because first off, it'd be a lie. But also, it's it's not something that it's not something that's okay to do to them. But when it's somebody that prefers Liga or Opus X or something that happens to be a little more rare, it becomes such a stigma like, well, do you really like it or do you just like the name? Well, it can be both. I mean, I don't... I don't. Yeah, it can be both. I feel like, there's, I feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of people that just like to draw a line and be like, well, <coughs> excuse me, just because you like fill-in-the-blank cigar doesn't mean you like real cigars or doesn't mean you really like that cigar because you've only smoked it for so many months or so many so long i'm like well it doesn't matter if they're enjoying it they're spending their money on it obviously they enjoy it enough to justify doing it over and over why is that a problem so i can kind of transition the conversation to the point i think you might be trying to make um so like what I've noticed in the industry, because like, you know, I, I research different cigars because that's what I like to do. And I found that these, so you have cult followings. You know, I'll just list off the ones that come to my mind. You have Tatuaje, you have Liga Privada, you have Opus, you have Padron, you have like your DuPont followers. And in those lines, I think Tatuaje is kind of a unique example, but like, you don't have a Jewish day follow, a cult following. You have, oh, really? We have no, I know, you do. Guys, saying, we have underground guys. You know, guys we, got, we got all the... We got, but for instance, we got like, one of the biggest cult when followings. When it comes to like this kind of level, though, like you don't have people like <laughs> hunting for a Cuba Cuba. You know, now you have people that want it, but I'm, it's, it's a different level. Like, So for instance, like I'm, I'm an Opus guy. You know, I'm part of like the Opus cult. Like I'm not hunting for different Fuentes, I'm solely an Opus guy. So Opus is part of Fuente, but I consider myself an Opus guy. I don't consider myself like a general Fuente guy. Where like Patron's different because it's like all the Patrons, but it's like you don't have like 3,000 smokers like saying that they're in this cult. You know what I mean? So like what I found is like these kind of companies made something like very unique and it kind of made a, <clears throat> a ripple in the industry and it was like a very new thing so you have like in you know 1995 the opus came out and it kind of transitioned the kind of smoking climate from kind of like your mild to medium market to like this is a full-bodied cigar and people started turning on to that Liga Pravada came out i think that was you know there's a story behind that we won't get into but <laughs> it was kind of a good response to that market a full-bodied smoking market and it was also very unique because it utilized stock of tobacco. It looked very unique. It felt unique, and it smoked uniquely. It, like the amount of smoke you get off of a Liga is is insane. Like it's a new thing. And I think when these things first happened, you had this kind of natural kind of following to it because people wanted it. Like you have like the um, um, La Gloria came out right yep. in response to the full body market. 
So you have people that were smoking them then. And I think what you see today, which I think Nick can even attest to this, is you have your new kind of cult followers going to the cigar. Then you have the ones who were there when it happened kind of saying, it's not the same as it was 10 years ago, or it's not the same as it was five years ago. And that's in everything. Put your own, every company. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter who so, you're talking to. And then Correct. being in retail, I see people that go in looking for the cigar because they've heard of it or they have some notoriety to it, but it doesn't seem like they really want it. Right. They just want to get one because it has that kind of – it's the same as the Buffalo <laughs> Trace thing. Like if you see Blanton's, you're going to buy Blanton's because it, you can't get it. Where some people go into the cigar shop and if Opus is out, they might not yeah. like Opus. I actually had a gentleman who's been asking me for a certain kind of Opus that he knows that I have. And he's admitted to me that he hates Opus. But you can't get this one cigar and he wants it because you can't get it. To me, that's the whole cult thing. Like He's not really in the Opus cult, but it has that kind of following to it that if you get it, it's some kind of notoriety to you for getting it. So I think that's kind of like what Dan's trying to kind of push a point to. Because, I mean, for instance, I've had people that walk into Twins and they're like, you have any Liga Privada? I'm like, not at the moment. You're like, right, where were the Cuba Cubas? Now, that's fine. I'm not... <laughs> you can smoke Cuba and you can smoke Liga. And True. I do. You can appreciate both of them. But it's just like that shock factor of like... Because I was about to go take them to like other... Like, you yeah. know, have you had the Undercrowns yet? You know what yeah. I mean? But Cuba... And then it's someone like, and then I also talk to customers where they're, they're talking to me like, I love Liga, you know, I smoke them all the time. It's, I, I never see them have a Liga. But when they come in, they're like, yeah, I got like 10 boxes of those things. You know, it's, I smoke them every day. They, I never see them smoking. Well, meanwhile, like, I, you know, I'm up at the bar, freaking smoke cloud, like every day with a, you know, T52 yep. in my mouth. Oh, I know that's right, man. I've, I've run into you there plenty of times. <laughs> so I think like the big conversation really is like how, these companies that kind of caused like this ripple in the industry have like kind of organically made this kind of cult following when it initially happened. And now like, here we are, like after like these big lines kind of came out, like, you know, 15, 20 something years later, you have like your newer kind of followers in it. And then some of them are like genuine followers or they're generally looking for that cigar and they enjoy it. And then you have your, kind of FOMO, fear of missing out followers where mm -hmm. like Blanton's and like some Liga Opus, like it's there, you have to buy it, even if you don't like it because it's just, it's it's there right. kind of things. Well. See, and I, and I hear you there, and I guess to me, I just, and, and maybe I'm just a little defensive on it because I definitely was that guy at a certain point. Like I definitely wanted to try what's newest, what's latest, what's this, what's that. I followed a lot of the trends into the big ring gauge cigars and then the small ring gauge and then landed where I actually liked. So that's why to me, I, I'm I'm not trying to defend everybody's actions, but to me, I, I definitely come from like, we as a brand, as Drew Estate, were the disruptors to the industry. Before Drew Estate, it was the suit and tie and everything was... <laughs> man standing in the field of tobacco with a white hat and then we brought the hip-hop culture brought a different culture into it and it became very much a cult following to the point where we actually released for a while a cult pack we put out a pack of cigars called the cult pack that was way before we actually released the croquetta it was in the cult pack 
and if we could cut to it, I, I'm sure I could send you pictures of it, but it, it was, you know, a little gift pack that we raffled off at events. That was a five pack of cigars at the time. It was a Chateau Real, but it was a different blend than the regular one, a Chateau Real without the actual wrapper. So it was just the binder and filler inside a newspaper wrap. A cro uh, the croquetta in the tube, mm -hmm. because that's how they used to test the blends when they were doing the infusion. Mm. Was just these little croquetas, little see if the flavor, see if the infusion's there, and then they had the uh, a culebra that had three different types of cigars in the culebra. Oh wow, mm. that's cool. And it it was just a really limited thing. Shit, that's way before I started with the company, so I don't even know how many there were. But I definitely got to try one. Shout out to Big Mike. Because <laughs> he brought it up to the house. and Thank you, Big Mike. We smoked through it one night on my patio. Mm -hmm. And it was, just, it, it was just a unique thing. And that's one of the things. Like, yes, it definitely, having a following and a cult following and having that support has a negative connotation to it and i'm on some that's not true because look man i'm part of a lot of the cults like i love tatawahe's stuff i love illusion stuff mm -hmm. i love a lot of the brands that people would call like culty so to me i would never ever ever want to pigeonhole something by just saying oh you just like that because it's popular well maybe that's true and maybe that is how why somebody likes it but also Maybe that's how they're getting into trying everything. I think what we come down to is what is cult. We have our definition. One of the definitions, excessive devotion. As you guys alluded to earlier, people will come in, ask for a certain something, and if we don't have it, they walk out. Because mm -hmm. yeah. nothing else exists to them. Yeah. Whether it's Padron or, you know, Adidas 1,800 or, facings in our humidor, and right. if we don't have this, they're leaving. There will guys who come in, oh, you don't have Opus, but you have an Opus hat? I'll take three of those Opus I'll hats. I'll leave a gold bundle. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, what is it about these lines that people love so much? Is it that they're actually enjoying it, as Dan pointed out? Or is it because it's something that they know it's highly desired, something that's sought out, and they just want to be a part of that, not necessarily that they actually enjoy the cigar itself? But it, it can be both. It can be both. So I mean, I yeah. feel like... And there's nothing much wrong as, with that. Much yeah. as we're all enjoying Aliga Pravada Number no. Nine, which is admittedly in very small availability, right. mm -hmm. in the, basically for the past year and a half. But you know, we can all enjoy that. Does that make you know you? Well, you did say you're a Broadleaf fan, so maybe a little. <laughs> 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 but, but, but does that make Dan? a liar because well he's the pipe guy why is he enjoying a broadleaf well it could once again we go back to where's where's that line are you enjoying yep. it or is it your buddy called you on the phone and asked you to look for that because he knows it's good and you just like, look for it because it's a popular. good example would be like kind of my origins of being like an opus person is like i got I, when i was at twins when i started like i knew opus was a big deal i didn't know why i didn't know anything about it and I had the opportunity of getting one, and that thing probably sat, it probably still is in my humidor today. Like, I did not smoke it because I had it, and I would not shut up about having one. Even though, like, you know, many people have a lot more than just one, 
and then finally like i was able to get a good amount of it and with the intent of like just being oh look at what you have and then i started like smoking it and i i saw what was behind it and now i became like a really true kind of like opus fan but before mm-hmm. that i just was like look what i have i'm cool like this means i you know what I mean? Like that, and that was my whole thing. And even when Liga came out, like I was an Opus fan, it, it it became it started becoming limited. I didn't start smoking Liga when we had all the facings of it. You know, I knew it was something to try, but I never prioritized it. And then when it started becoming limited, I'm like, okay, well, why is it limited? What's the big deal with Liga? And then I smoked it, and now I'm like a huge like Liga person. And it, I wasn't a Liga person when you could get it all the time. I became well, a Liga again, person at when twins. I mean, limited. Liga has always been limited. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tw- I'm saying twins because I don't shop anywhere else. But it's... Good boy. Company but, me. That's right. But that's the thing, though. It's <laughs> when it started getting that kind of like limited availability is yeah. when I started going into it. And so I can't really... Like, I, when it comes to like being a cult following, I, I smoke more Liga than Opus. But... It's I don't consider myself like a Liga cult member because I wasn't there when it became when it was an option. You know, I just kind of neglected it. And now that I really enjoy them, maybe I'll become a cult member. But it's like it's I can't like say that I am because I wasn't there when you could get it. Now it's limited. And that's when I got into it. Well, I think the thing I think the thing, you know, you're, you're wanting limited, though. You're, but... you're wanting there to be a third group, but uh, somebody who is super thrilled to have this and look at it and enjoy it at the same time and i i believe that group exists i don't deny that that exists right but here it's it's let me let me change let me change the the question here (laughs) change the narrative (laughs) narrative. i've already already changed the narrative no i've already fucked with the narrative Mm. and here's the thing no 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 no, you you know you are you're the rep i mean if a sale is a sale is a sale you want you you, if the person wants to put it on their mantle and look at it every night like it's the you know one ring and and never touch it that What's wrong with that? If they want to smoke it, what's wrong with that? If they want, and there isn't. In the end, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Now, the next question is, why has this cigar gotten cult status? What What is it about Liga in particular? And and I I will agree that, you know, um, you know, Drew State has a one of the most massive, diverse selections of cigars of any company on the planet period i don't think anyone else is as diverse and has the success at all of those different kinds of cigars infused cigars regular rare cigars expensive cigars all over the place they've all they've all hit the market and they've all done everybody huh we got something for everybody you got something for everybody it's true you know and and you know, like speaking of that, you know, it's like I've never understood why if somebody comes in the shop and they're seven foot four in the Hells Angels I love this. This and so they true. look like they just got out of prison, they walk up and I'm starting to sweat. Where's your blondie bellicoso? Every single time. Every single time. And I'm like, Without what? Fail. What? What? What is it? What is it about big, huge guys who look like they, you know, <laughs> they've got prison tats, and what they want is a Cuba Cuba? I've never understood that. 
why wouldn't they want the Liga? Why wouldn't they want the Padron? Why wouldn't they want the big, strong? And, but why? it is. But and, it is every freaking time. And why would you second question what they're asking? No. <laughs> no, but no. So much no. no. It's so no, much I wouldn't. It's come to the point now where I, where if I see like a mean-looking biker come into the store, when as soon as he walks into the door, I'll be like, Sorry, we're out of blondies. And he'll be like, oh. You know, and I'm like, I'm just kidding. They're over there. <laughs> but it's like you can totally, like, prejudge the situation yeah. almost. It's so bad. But I love Laconia Bike Week, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there are. There are. On, now, in the beginning, you know, when, when Liga came out, maybe there weren't a lot of, you know, stronger broadleaf cigars out on the market. Mm. Now there are. There's a lot of great full-bodied stuff, yet this still has that desirability that all these other brands that are out there really are all striving. Everybody wants to get in the position of where this cigar is, mm -hmm. that everybody is striving to get to the point where people walk into the store and they ask for it by name. That's everybody, every manufacturer's dream is, is that. Oh, of course. What is it about this cigar that has kept that going all these years? I think much like the available availability of these bourbons, most specifically this or inavailability, one, or or its or its predecessors, the Van Winkles. Mm -hmm. Like it is, I think, in a way, the rarity of it, and. You know, it's not like this is a manufactured rarity. Like, we can make as many as we want, but we only let you guys have so many a month. No, it's a, there's only so many square feet that we can grow acres. So many acres we can grow this tobacco on in Connecticut. Yep. Otherwise, yep. we're lying. <laughs> right, right. And, and so if we tried to rush it out, it would come out with an inferior product and the brand would be dead in mm -hmm. the water and everybody would know. Like, mm -hmm. that's the thing. Everybody would immediately know if something was so drastically different about this cigar that they would never smoke it again. They'd be like, yeah, mm -hmm. I remember when it was good. Cause and I, I hear it no matter what. Yeah. I hear that a lot. And that blows my mind because every year that, you know, when, the, when we finally get like the nines in or my favorite, the UF 13, you know um, it's like, I can't wait for that cigar to come out because I love it. And everybody's like, oh, it used to be so good. I just can't fathom that because I wasn't smoking cigars back then. And I'm like, how could this be better? You know, I'm like, damn. Like, wow. My mind, you know. And that's just... one of the things that, like, I get upset about like with the cult following topic is, again, like, I wasn't smoking cigars when all these things were new. But so especially it happens most with Liga Pavada whenever I'm smoking at Twins and someone always looks at me and they're like you missed out I'm like on what they're like that that cigar you know back when like saw whoever was making it was so much better and I, I just sit there and I'm like I do not care about your opinion right yeah now. but also like I mean you you being the young one were probably still swimming in your dad's balls when that was first released amen so, and amen ultimately like you could not have possibly been. Sorry, the soundboard's dead, so we're just gonna have to go with it. <laughs> That's what she said. You could not have. You could not have possibly been around forever, and you could not have possibly tried every cigar ever. So in a way, some of that just seems to be the need, which kind of seems to, 
seems throughout the cigar industry to be the first one to try everything and the expert on everything. Mm -hmm. Like to me, if somebody is smoking something you hate, you can be like, hey, good choice and move on. Mm -hmm. Instead, people want to tell you about how terrible your choice is and how great theirs are. And, and again, I, I, I see it in the bourbon community. I see it in a lot of communities. And it's like, what's this one-upmanship? Like, mm. can't we just enjoy cigars? Like, Plus, I think that's kind of like a, <clears throat> like a false statement, really. Because as, you know, just naturally, your brain never really remembers something as it was. And the plant changes every single year. So how do you even really know what it really tasted like before and that it's the same because your palate changes too you know over the years everybody's does you know so well i don't think you can completely discount that either dave i mean i think that you know when when i have a liga from this year and a liga from two years ago it's not like i'm thinking oh what, what did they do wrong you know what i mean it's not like you notice huge changes between things with you know between one season and the next you know uh, here i am well Past, i'm saying pastor, same, same. pastor padrone it's been my nickname for 20 something years i can tell you that padrones have changed in that amount of time significantly um you know the caps aren't on as nice the cigars burn a lot quicker i think some of them are underfilled you know, I think a lot of the flavor is still there, but I do think things have changed. You know, I, I think that they, in their case, they've, they've gone the way of the whole toilet paper thing. We'll keep the thing at five bucks, but it's 200 sheets instead of 250, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, if, if you, if you, you know, you know, one of my favorite cigars of all time is the Padron 1964 Exclusivo. How it's like smoking chocolate. It's you a know, beautiful cigar. But, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I, I swear, you know, when I started smoking them, you know, 20 something years ago, they were hard packed cigars back then. And now they're, they're squishy. They're squishier. They've yeah. got soft spots in them. And, and, and I do. I do think things have changed. And, and I'm a Padron guy. And I, I'm honest enough to say it's not necessarily across the board what it was 20 years ago, but I think, you know, part of that cult status has kept it going. And um, oh, now, you'll see Ash. There, <laughs> there Finally, goes, man. There, right goes, the there goes the computer. Right, <laughs> right at the band. You know, I, I still love Padron. I still think they make great cigars. I, you How know, you recommend them. They're phenomenal. I have my favorite. The the uh, number 48 is probably one of my favorite cigars of all time. It's been in my top five for years. The Padron 95 that just came out this past year. Oh, my freaking Lord. That thing is amazing. You know, but. But I still think a lot of a lot of things have changed with with how things have been done mm -hmm. to keep up with demand to handle costs. You know, and is that not true with Liga too? I honestly or no or Opus or whatever. To, I mean, is to, to be honest, I I think there there may be something to that. I don't think it's a matter of because ultimately there's what seven leaves. 
Mm-hmm. In the average size Liga, mm-hmm. I don't imagine that they're going to cut corners. I think the reason that you know people will say it tastes different is because not just and i think i do think it wasn't reductive of of him to say that your palate changes all the time because look i don't smoke the same cigar as i smoked then i don't eat the same diet i ate then mm-hmm. when i first tried i don't do any of the same things so i mean i've i've been working here for five years my palate supposedly has completely changed when i came out here i didn't smoke connecticut cigars now i do a undercrown shade basically every day mm-hmm. so to me yeah of course things change times change and also the leaves are going to change you know every year every every season mm-hmm. even throughout the season the yeah. leaves are gonna sunlight's be not the same every year i mean it's just so there's going to be a change in yeah. the flavor of the tobaccos and obviously they're going to do their best to make it as close to as possible but this is all human elements this is depending on the weather which is not a human element and the pallets of the torcedors and the people working in the factories and the blenders to work really hard at recreating as close to the true flavor as they can well i think that's a really good point because and that, for there's someone, no way that can stay the same over decades well I mean, to combat that it's Especially speaking to Liga and the number nine, when I was smoking the number nines years ago, I had no clue what I was smoking. I was not savvy yet. I didn't know it was Broadleaf. I didn't know who Liga was. I just knew I found this cigar that I really liked, and that's what I'll go after. Now, for me, I don't taste a change. What I respect about Liga specifically, it's consistent. It tastes like the cigar I had years ago. I don't know anything tastes different or you know the leaves is a little different it looks the same it tastes the same i'm enjoying it the same so maybe that's part of what i call following is as well it's you found something you're comfortable with mm-hmm. and you just attach to that because mm-hmm. you're comfortable yeah. you like it and you enjoy it and attitude is a lot to cigar taste like if you're in a bad mood a cigar can taste bad right you know so there's a lot to that too so if you're like oh it tastes like crap and well then it probably does right if you're you know, in a bad mood after you smoke a cigar, that's another it, issue. It could also change your mind, though. You could have a bad day and have a great cigar, oh, and it'll change your whole attitude. True like, I've that. had that happen right. so many mm-hmm. times. Mm. <laughs> All right, we've gone a little bit long in this segment here. What's, long in the leap. What's the uh, conclusion here on the League of Nine? Is this uh, cult-worthy? Yes. Absolutes. Wish yep. I could smoke it again. <clears throat> Pat, for those of us who are going to be listening to the show and not watching yeah. it do you want to say mm. what you well like i said it's with my, your head. my third liga of the day so i think that kind of speaks for itself mm-hmm. it's my first liga of the day in fact my first liga in several days and you're welcome were you detoxing I, what was going on no i just can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't just send me these yeah and, and yeah. if they do if they do i do allocate it so if they do like give me these. I'm not gonna say, "Hey, hold on to that box for me," because if you can sell it, sell it. Like right, this isn't right. this isn't made for me. Right. This mm-hmm. is made for everybody else. Like if I get them, I am going to smoke them and I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. But since it's limited, I would rather the limited stuff go to people paying full price. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, Just so we're gonna. <laughs> We're going to take a little break and come back and, you know, 
I've been doing some thinking here. You know, we're we're talking about cult brands and stuff, and um, you know, the the McBaron H H Bull Kentucky is certainly awesome. awesome. I I I wouldn't call it a cult brand pipe tobacco. What would you call it then? Uh, well, I'd call it really good. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have people knocking down my door, calling me, asking me if it's in either. Right. You know, there might be people who come by and say, "Ooh, oh, I, I, that's cool. I'm going to get that." But, you know, and that's the thing with Liga. You have people call. Do you have these? You know, you get Opus. You know, has the Opus come in yet? People calling on the phone. You know, do you have that Padron ninety five? People calling for that. You know. Um, and, and here we are talking about this stuff, and I know I'm I'm like the pipe guy, and you know everyone here you know enjoys a pipe. Dave enjoys a pipe probably more than anybody, but you know I I'm, but here's a, I, I'm I'm thinking that maybe we need to do a cult kind of pipe tobacco. Mm. I'm riveted. I'm in. So I have I have two choices. Mm. I have Penzance or Stonehenge. Mm. Well, I, I know what I'm picking. <laughs> well, we have to pick one or the other. Well, I know what I'm picking. I don't know what anybody else is picking, but I know what I'm picking. So, have you ever heard of those? I've heard of them. I haven't tried either of them. So, so Penzance, Penzance is, a, is an English or a Balkan blend. They're both flakes. Okay. And then Stonehaven is a uh, burly. Ooh, there's no wrong answer there. No, there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. If both I of have these a vote, have been I will aged go a couple ahead of years. Throw the Penzance. Penzance is my vote. Penzance. Penzance. I'm going with the cult. Penzance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, beyond your years. <laughs> so when we come back, uh, we're going to light up some Penzance from Esoterica Tabacchiana, and we're going to continue our discussion on cigar and tobacco and bourbon cults. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we are back, and we have done an audible on the show and are no longer uh, – we'll, we'll review um, – H.H. Uh, Bold, Kentucky, another time. But right now we are smoking Esoterica's Penzance. And this is a very rare, hard-to-find tobacco that certainly qualifies as having cult status. I remember the first time I was able to bring it into Twins. I got two 8-ounce bags, and uh, both of them were gone within one business day before... Any social media had gone out and it about wasn't you? stuff. And it was not, not to me. mention that when they shipped, we got calls saying, is it in yet? We didn't even know we were getting allocated. Yep. It was crazy. People knew before we knew. Like, it was, it was nuts. From uh, uh, the tobaccoreviews.com website, it has the uh, tin description on here. A wonderful, complex, secret recipe of the finest Virginia Choice Turkish and Orientals and Cyprian Latakia, all hand-blended together, hard-pressed and broad-cut into thick flakes, long-matured and easily crumbled to facilitate 
pipe smoking. It's considered a Balkan blend, Latakia, uh, Orientals, and Virginia. There's no flavoring on it. It's available in 50-gram tins and 8-ounce bags. And uh, my bag here is about uh, two years old. I have not seen Esoterica come into the country in the last year. So this well, is very you. rare, hard to find stuff. Um, if well, you go you on, if you go on tobaccoreviews.com, um, there are 440 reviews for Penzance on there right now by customers. It's one of the most reviewed tobaccos on the site. Um, it's widely considered the best Balkan blend on the market today. There may have been others that. Uh, were more it's matched but since it's been out for uh since the mid 80s this has really been considered the pinnacle of uh pipe tobacco smoking and uh it is very good stuff one of my questions will be you know to people do you guys think this in your pipe smoking experience you know merits that kind of uh cult status you know, I know people who buy the eight ounce bags and then turn around and break up the bag into um, eight different ounce packets and sells them for as much as they bought the bag for. Dealers. The and they get their and they get their money. Cool. Um, I respect the. You know, I think of uh, Frog Morton. I loved Frog. Frog Morton. Morton. Talk about another cult. You know, McClellan being another. You know pipe cult blend that was my jam you can get you know people are selling those tins and getting two hundred dollars a tin three hundred dollars a tin online for unopened that's, i think that's unopened. better than bitcoin at this point yeah it could be <laughs> you know um it's amazing what uh, uh mcclellan did oh, back God. then i wish i had been more aware of you know i you know when i got when i started pipe smoking i was kind of like you i i had no idea what i was dealing with i knew what i liked and i'd buy it and i'd smoke it if i knew more about the care that they put into it the time they put into it uh the things they were doing that nobody else did um mcclellan is really the the uh, brand that started the whole idea of cellaring tobacco and aging it Nobody else had been doing that before then, and um, oh. I remember their uh, remember their Christmas cheer that came out. And what was it? It was Red Virginia that had been aged for five years. That's what it, it was. Didn't taste the same. Though. It didn't taste the same. Mm. And you know now it's now you know um, Cornell and Deal small batch um, Carolina Red Flake. That's really kind of that kind of caliber of of uh, thing when you get it. It just it just flies flies off the shelf, but uh, Penzance is is one of those things that uh, um, people a people ask for. To, you know, oh, you have Esoterica? Do you have any Penzance? It's the first thing they ask. They may not even have ever smoked an English blend in their life. They may be one Q people, but you know, do you have Penzance? Uh, I don't know if you like it, but you know, here it is. Or no, we don't. They sent everything, but. The, but the two big ones in the whole line at the, you know, the top of the most wanted list as far as pipe tobacco goes is Penzance, which we're smoking at number one, and number two would be Stonehaven. Okay. Mm. Well, again, thanks for sharing your stash. Cause You're very welcome. I mean, 
this even just on initial light i was like this is going to be something i'm into oh yeah so i definitely just went immediately into like man this brings me back mm-hmm. so freaking good thank you dan you're thank welcome you, dan. you're welcome oh, what a treat. um shell what what are you getting off of this oh, in your nice boy. new 125th anniversary dracula pipe well extremely smooth clean mm-hmm. it's crazy so Okay, you guys are going to hate this analogy, but have you ever, maybe almost people still do dishes this way, but have a nice soapy sink full of dishes and there's just bubbles everywhere. You can mm-hmm. just smell the cleanness and the mm-hmm. freshness. That's exactly what I'm getting on this, on the intake and the retrohale. Just smooth, clean, refreshing even. It's, it's madness. Mm. Pat. That's cute to talk, Pat. I'm still smoking. It has like... <laughs> Like a really like refined kind of prominent leather note. Mm-hmm. It has like some like sweet kind of hay, but the thing that I think is really unique about it is that sweetness comes out like mid finish. Mm. So it doesn't hit you with sweetness on the palate and then even like on the immediate like retro hair, like that lingering finish, it doesn't really come but like after like i'd say a few seconds after mm-hmm. like this really like nice refreshing kind of like i want to say it's like a a dark plum but it could be kind of like a grapey it's a very like mm. complex kind of sweetness like, yeah it just like just kind of shows up and it's mm-hmm. like the first time i've had that happen like a that big of a transition like mid to late finish mm. yep it's so creamy it's uh so rich and there's a lot going on. And it is just, the retro hail is my favorite. Mm. It's so good. I'm wondering what you think. I know you're not a... I know you enjoy smoking a pipe, but I know it's not normally where you go. It's not normally what I do, but honestly, like I said, like I was super stoked when we kind of voted on this in the intermission. And like this just makes me say thanks for dipping into the stash because i know if it's if it's that cold status and that rare then it's definitely mm. something worth trying out and i'm not disappointed at all mm. like i agree it, it is very clean though like there not a lot of lingering flavor notes right not it, it's just while it's there it's there and when it's gone it's gone mm-hmm. like it's very very dynamic but it's just it there's it's so well balanced and nuanced you know it it's not a latakia bomb at all Mm -mm. you know it's one of these latakia blends where and and that's really i think why it's classified as a balkan you know it's more oriental tobacco forward than than uh uh latakia forward that's the big difference between a A lot of floral yeah you get a lot of of floral and it's like and... plum surrounded by floral. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful tobacco. Um, do we, you know, do we want to continue talking about uh, the whole cult thing? <laughs> I'm in. You're in for, you're in I'm, for doing I'm that? loving throwing these monkey wrenches in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I... You know, we we were you know talking over the break or yelling at each other over the break, you know, <laughs> dropping C bombs, you know, and hey. uh, <laughs> you know just talking about how you know there's 
I mean, it's it's you know when you talk when you talk cults, you know you you immediately I think almost set yourself up for you're either in the cult or you're out of the cult, and you know there is a there is a kind of a you know a what's what's the there, there's a there's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for like here a binary there well it, it we're may you know you you get the idea that it's binary which is what you're you know rebelling against you freaking always, through a man. state you know always re hey, it's a why can't you know, it be both world here? why can't but there, is, <laughs> there is a uh you know a progression of things there's a there's a whole uh you know line with you know shades of you know gray going from from one to the other it's not like you know and so i i feel like there are you know it it's certainly a more complex thing than than we're making it you know but at the same time you know i while i respect the fact that crops change and that things change i don't think you know these companies would continue to retain their cult-like status if that change if that if it was su such a discernible change in taste from five years ago to today right. you know i i don't think that's as big of a because one of the reasons that that cigar and pipe tobacco you know it, it, uh, blending is such an art form is because you have to change stuff every year in order to get the same kind of flavor, the same kind of memories as you got the year before. You can't do the same thing. And and so there is a lot of this constant changing of the recipe to get back to the original thing, you know. And so I, you know, if, if Padron, for instance, you know, I don't know that their taste has changed you know not over the over opinion. the last 20 years but i have noticed that the with one notable pa, with the with the um <laughs> padron exclusivo that took me an hour or an hour and 15 minutes in the 90s to smoke now takes about 40 minutes if i'm taking my time but is that how you smoke Again, no, like, I really are think you it sure? smokes fast. One of the are reasons you, sure you don't just one of the smoke reasons a cigar faster. Well, see, you I, know your I'm, way around it more. And... I'm one of. I'm, do you really know? No, I'm one of the. You know, I, one of the reasons that that I I'm gonna I'm gonna hold fast on this is that pipe smoking is a much slower, softer kind of puffing than it is on a cigar. On a cigar, you take a good deep drag and you let it sit for a few seconds 10 seconds 30 seconds pick it up puff puff deep puffs with a pipe if you're not constantly sipping at it it goes out yep you know and so that's kind of because i you know do both so much that tends to be how i do things i tend to to sip on it instead of suck on it so you relate you relight your cigars a lot no i don't have to relight my cigars a lot <laughs> I don't have to relight my cigars a lot, but I, I'm nasty. not. I'm not what I. I'm not what I would call. I'm not a slow smoker, but I'm not what I would call a fast smoker. I mean, and by fat and fast smoker, I would say a great example is Prison Nick. 
Soundboard's dead, baby. Sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Get prison, off, get off Tinder somewhere. and pay attention to what we're doing. No, I mean the tablet died. It's oh, the dead. tablet died. <laughs> like, literally? Yes. You it ashed on it? No, it, died. it didn't. No, it's off. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, Nick, Nick Flanagan, who was uh, one of our original cast members. Man, you give him, him, he's a good people, you man. give him, you give him a, a Lafleur Dominicana, you know, double mm. a hero digger, and it's gone in forty-five minutes. You know, with me, it's a three and a half hour cigar. It's it, I can't understand it. You know, for me, you know, and I've said this before. You know, f- how far away is Orlando? Five double diggers and two bowls of pipe tobacco. That's how far it is. You know. And, you know, but Nick would go through five of those cigars inside, you know, 90 minutes. And he talks about how he does it because he's proud of it. You know, I'm not that fast. You know, first off, that's a weird flex. (laughs) That's a a real weird thing to flex on. Like, oh, well, some people enjoy their cigars. (laughs) But also, like, to me, every to each their own. Like my my buddy, Big Mike. Again, I'm shouting out Big Mm -hmm. Mike. He can put down an A side. He he took down the Liga A in like 40 minutes, and I was right. still like getting on my first third. And I'm looking at him like, how? How do you actually do that? Like, even if I was furiously puffing as hard as I could, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, there's definitely to each their each. Like, well, I, I mean, look at we smoked about the same, mm-hmm. about the same of the cigar. We went about 50 minutes on that first segment. A Padron Exclusivo would be down to here in that time, if not burning your fingers. I'll have to try it with you next time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm all for that, baby. <laughs> Talk show, part two. <laughs> Bring in the Exclusivos. With the... But that's that's... Hook me up with a couple of them. It's honestly one of the <laughs> one of the reasons that, that I have <laughs> that I don't smoke as much Padron as I used to. Part of it is, yes, my palate's changed. Part of it is I work in a smoke shop and there's all sorts of options. I need to smoke everything. Um and part of it is that thirteen dollars, you know, goes for forty five minutes, while this fifteen dollars goes for, you know, a good hour and twenty minutes. I'd rather enjoy this. How much was that bag of Esoterica? 40 bucks. So for the price of two of those, you could have that whole bag that's lasted you, what, two and a half years now? Mm-hmm. That I get to share over and over and over and over and over and over. Just saying. See, for the money. For pi- pipe tobacco is the thing, baby. Where it's why, that's the why bomb. I got in, because I'm cheap as fuck. <laughs> well, you know, but here's but here's a great thing. I mean, it's, you don't have, you know, you can spend, one of the reasons I really enjoy smoking a pipe is the tobacco is not any less quality. Mm. You know, it's you can smoke so world class stuff. And if you enjoy the whole process of tobacco, one of the things I like about pipes is that you get to put your spin on it. You're choosing the pipe. So you're making the ring gauge, you're making the length of, of the pipe. You're choosing how that tobacco was put in there. Are you do you want it more moist? Do you want to let it have dry? Do you want to, if it's a flake like this was, do you want to rub it out and put it in, or do you want to stick it in as? 
That's yeah, what you I can't help it. You're wearing a lavender shirt. You can't laugh. Can't help it. All right. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> but you know, so when when you when you smoke the cigar, you cut it, you light it, and you better do both right, or you're gonna screw it up. Mm -hmm. But then once you're smoking it, you get what you get. Yep. The draw is what it is, whether you want it tighter or looser or not. The the That's recipe what is what it is. With a pipe, you're taking somebody's finished work, and then you're adding your own work to it. And so you become more involved with the product. So and I like that. I like being able to say, you know what? I'm going to try that in this pipe. I'm going to take this, and I'm going to add a little bit of this to it. You know, it's to, to that same end, though, how do you feel about the cake? How do I feel about the cake? Yeah, the caking. I like, like you know, I like the me, caking. But isn't that doesn't that go to towards the flavor and the, the oh totally dynamic of the totally. smoke and all of that? Is it does. Like to me, there's so many variables there that if you if we could cut to five years ago and get our frog Morton mm -hmm. and sitting here smoking it, I might have a completely different different experience just due to the pipe oh totally the, the pipe is the, the pipe this stuff is going to taste better in one pipe and not so great in another and and that's another thing that i like about this whole thing is you kind of get the chance to see where do you maximize things for you you know with you know you get to decide a lot there's a you have a lot more control over the experience with a pipe than you do with a cigar and i love cigars don't get me wrong i think they're awesome i'm never going to stop smoking i've been doing <laughs> both for 20 something years so if i was going to go one way or another i would have done it already you know but um you know the only one of the things the I, goes both but ways. here's here i i spent <laughs> i spent the money on this on this eight ounce bag of tobacco and that's you know a couple of ligas and a and a uh, charter oak, <laughs> right? You know, so you got three smoking experiences versus you know enjoying something for several months every night if you smoked it all by yourself. Hundred percent. You know, so you know it, it goes a lot farther, but you're still and it's getting that premium. quality stuff. Yeah, it's equally premium tobaccos. Yep. Yep. Yeah, baby. Now, I think we went into a massive aside there. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, let's get, let's, let's go into the, the whole lighter end of things. Pat, you wanted to, you know, I think, I think cult wise, you know, talking lighters, you know, the uh, DuPont is probably a big cult thing. And, and I'll attest to this. Something, something that that Pat said at the beginning that he got into it the, to Opus, really without knowing what Opus was, just knowing that it was this thing that people wanted. You know, when I when I worked at a little taste of Cuba uh, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, um, you know, the the owner of the shop had a Dupont, and I was you know, flabbergasted that people would pay so much money for these things. And then the more I heard about them, the more I understood them. And then the more I became intrigued with it. 
and yet knowing that I was a college student and would never have the money for it. Um, and then at one point, it, it was kind of set up as a status that you know you're a real tobacconist, a legitimate cigar smoker, when you have a DuPont. At which point, the the lust grew in my body. <laughs> Even oh, as a seminary dude. student, we're <laughs> getting one of these. Oh. And I remember the, the manager of the store is a good friend of mine still these days. And, uh, you know, we, we ordered one for me and we had a, we had a kind of a layaway program layaway, that, that, that we could use at the shop. We could break up the cost of expensive things over several pay periods. And, uh, he went and ordered me, me one, but, uh, he didn't tell the owner. <laughs> so it came in and he freaked out. What's all this money? And, you know, but, you know, so I was afraid for my life for a little bit there, but, you know, so. Uh, six pay periods later, <laughs> I was able to to still get my Dupont. Though. But here's the thing: so now I've had this all these years, and it is still the most reliable lighter I have ever owned. Even most than the old boy. And I could yes, and and uh, well, I haven't had that this long. I love this the this old boys. This man. I've had I've had this this uh, old boy. I am Corona for a couple of months and it's really good but i can tell people that yeah this this was 650 bucks when i bought it but here i am almost two decades later and it still works how many lighters can you say that about that you have these days and how many lighters can you then say if i sold this today i could get my money back because mm -hmm. it's palladium you know yep. it's 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 and it's all handmade stuff but, um, you know, I think Pat, in his desire to emulate his master, namely me, he went out and got <laughs> a DuPont himself. And to assert himself, he got one that was more expensive than my own. But what do you think about your, your DuPont there and the whole DuPont cult and lighter cults? And I mean, you know, I, I think especially of the, you know, to me, this is like, I describe it as like man blank. You know, this is this is not going to the way this is going to light for six hundred fifty bucks is not any different than how this is going to light. They're both going to work great. This is fifteen bucks. You know, mm -hmm. um, you don't buy this because it does a better job making a flame. You buy that for the prestige of it. You buy that for the um, I for other reasons, I, think. I don't buy that because I know within a week I will have left it somewhere mm -hmm. or someone will have pocketed it, and that's why I don't buy those. That's why I buy the $15 ones. Yes, <laughs> I tell and I, I tell people that you, if, if, you, if you lose stuff, don't Not buy this for me. <laughs> for me, I had the opposite thing the, the more money I spent on a particular thing, the more apt I was to keep track of it. Uh, and this was it was this this was might as well have been the one ring for me for the first few years I had I was constantly putting my hands in my pocket making sure it's there know, making sure it was there and if I couldn't find it, it like I was wallet, ripping the room apart looking for it you know <laughs> you know but you know it real it really is a really good quality lighter oh you know and so I appreciate the fact that. The people who put this together, yeah, and it is. It's made with with uh, super premium, you know, metals and all that stuff. But it 
has held up after all this time and i'm impressed by that but that's also the craftsmanship and that's also yes. the name that comes with that craftsmanship pat yeah i mean i was the same way with it like i would you know get cigars from somebody and then he had this lighter and it's the um the one that i have it's a is it pronounced line or ligny lean lean it's a lean two. It's French, and it's Wrong. the um, Zeno Davidoff hundred anniversary edition. They made four hundred of them. This is number ninety seven, and I looked at it and I was like, "That's kind of cool." Like you know, because at that time, um, Prison Nick was still full time at Twins, and he, you know, you, you know, he has a Dupont before you know what his name is. Like, so there's it, no ping though. It's no ping on it, right? Yeah, it's not a real Dupont. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Someone was gonna take the dig. So yeah, um, you know, I so saw I recognized <laughs> the name Dupont because I'm like, oh, that's that really fancy lighter that Nick has or whatever. So I started kind of looking at this thing, and you know, I saw the receipt for it. It was a very expensive lighter, and I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> like, who, who would ever do that? So I didn't get it, but now every time I would go to this guy to get stuff, I kept seeing this thing, and that you know I, I kept kind of like dabbling into it. I'm like, you know, this is cool, and I'm like, imagine what people at work would say when I come in with this thing, you know. So finally, I ended up buying it, and I will say, like, I kind of went into it blind. And it's it, it's the best lighter I think anyone could have, and that's with someone who wouldn't even get one, and it, it does have like that kind of cult following because unlike you know, like Liga and Opus and everything, people come in and they kind of say, you have this, you have this. And if you want to see if there's any DuPont cult members, just walk into a lounge and, and then you find out who's in the <laughs> cult. Cause they're like, yeah, yep. hey, what lighter is that? You know, so. But it, it's one of those things where it's, I think it stands the test of time. You know, like this lighter, I think came out 10 years ago. It wasn't used. It was new when I got it, but it was there for 10 years. And Dan's, you know, I think the dinosaurs lit something with that over there. But oh, but it fucking is well worn and yep, yeah. I don't think there's any palladium on that left. So <laughs> it's just one of those. Send things it back to him. Like, haven't put it back on. I think like the the thing that creates kind of that cult following is when you have something that's consistent and kind of lives up to the expectations you had when you bought it. Mm-hmm. So like cigars, it's the same for Dupont. You know, like you buy the lighter and it's not going to go down in value unless you morally screw it up. But it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, like Liga. Like, I know people that have been smoking Liga for years, and they say it's the same. Some people say otherwise, which mm-hmm. whatever. But it has that name because whenever you get it, like to Shell's point, it's the same as it was whatever amount of years ago. What? So How many times has that gone through the wash, though? <laughs> it's been through once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out shiny. But, you know, here's the thing, you know, this is one of the things I like about it is, you know, you put a lighter like this that has the electronics Mm -hmm. all in it that may or may not kill it. But, you know, a lighter like this, if you let it dry out, you may have to replace the flint or something, but, you know, but it's, it's going to work. I am very anal about where it goes, though. So, 
I just want to lick that. Mm. Now, uh, it, for those of you who are watching, you saw me smoke the glass here with the with the Penzance. <laughs> Good I got a very different kind of reaction yes. than I did with the with the cigar. To me, it really brought out a sweetness in the in the drink, and it pumped up spice. Lots of spice. Lots of spice came great. out of that bourbon once I smoked the glass. Did anyone else? Has anyone else noticed the same thing? I noticed exactly that. But not so much the sweetness, but spice just explosion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really the spice just exploded in there. Exploded all over your palate, dare I say? Giggity. Giggity, <laughs> giggity, giggity. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep, like purple rain, baby. Great record. It's a great record. I don't know. That's what that means. Mm. Pat looks like oh, he's yeah. still a little upset about how the first half went. Mm. <laughs> definitely a lot of spice when you smoke the glass oh yeah yeah doesn't it doesn't it amp it up oh yeah but it just mm. it, yeah i think some of the sweetness from the tobacco kind of brings out kind of a richness in the in the bourbon mm. it, you know deepen the flavors there and the the spice notes that came off it were Lingus. out of this world yeah very very good but uh, speaking about cults i just joined one too not like religious but yeah, the Star I, I Wars got, cult. Yeah, no, we know about that. No, I joined the, the cult of Jeep. The cult have, of Jeep. Cult yes. Of Jeep. I have a Jeep. I'm working on it. And, uh, I'm maybe next year. I'm, I'm dirty of from it. So. Are you sure that's not the the charcoal from Pat's? It could be. Who knows now? Yep. I'm also on uh, the the Xbox cult. You know, very big pro for Xbox. Not very much for Sony or anyone else, for that matter, <laughs> or anyone else. That's <laughs> generally what being a cult member means. <laughs> <laughs> it means everyone else is wrong. Hey, the first step is identifying the problem, so I know. <laughs> very good. All right. Uh, well, what is our take here on the uh, Penzance? You guys think it's a cult-worthy tobacco, or is this... Just kind of meh. Oh hell yeah! That's all I want to smoke now. Yeah, the, the if I'm wrong, I don't want to be right. Hundred percent. That the floral notes are fucking heavyweight throughout this thing, and mm. yeah, I mean, it's definitely cult worthy. Even the room note is very clean. It's, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. nice and sweet and refreshing. What was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Jeez, the predator over here wow. trying to smoke the <laughs> Is there a zombie about? I don't know. Uh, Pat, what did you think of the Penzance? Yeah, it definitely earns its cult following. It's one of those things that I can imagine if you smoke, like if it gets re-released down the road just from like what you've talked about, it's going to be the same thing. Mm -hmm. And like it definitely delivers. It has, because I love Latakia, and it, the thing that I liked about it is typically like, English blend, like anything with Latakia, like the Latakia kind of takes the center stage and it kind of dominates the flavor profile. Mm -hmm. But it's this one was so well blended. You got the Latakia, but it wasn't so overbearing to where right it, it took away from the flavor profile. And like I said, like through the finish, like the finish would develop in different stages and like that sweetness would come out. And it's just like a very unique tobacco and it definitely deserves the notoriety behind it. Mm. Yeah, like the Latakia just like wraps around what's really going on. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just the right amount of that smokiness 
but there is this creaminess mm -hmm. to this tobacco that I have not found in other English Balkan blends. It's just really very unique. Very unique. It's very dynamic. Yes. Mm. I can't even put my finger... Like, if you gave that to me, I don't even know that I'd poke my finger at it as a Balkan blend or a Latakia or any of it, because I'd be like, I don't know. Because I would get the Oriental out of it, and I would get mm -hmm. some of the other stuff, but it, it, it's just... I wouldn't know where you put that on a shelf. If I you know. To you get like the Virginias, it. you get the Latakia, you get the Orientals. You it's get the, the Primus. Pro, you, you know. yeah. It's yeah. the Primus yes. of <laughs> tobaccos. Mm -hmm. like what, mm -hmm. what shelf do you put them on? Mm -hmm. Their well, own shelf. That's what they get. No shelf because it hasn't come in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next week on Not Just Blowing Smoke, uh, we're going to have Dan and PJ from 603 with us. Oh, yeah. And uh, we are going to be smoking the Roma Craft Craft Robusto mm -hmm. next week. Oh, that week. sounds awful. And uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. What a crappy phenomenal. Yeah. And we'll do the HH Bowl Kentucky next week with that since we didn't do it tonight and um we're going to be doing we're going to be pairing those with beers from around the world mm. well that's gonna that will be su <laughs> supplied by dan and pj from mm. 603 nice. and um so it's not going to be just 603 beers it's going to be beers from everywhere from their personal collection oh. that's going to be a really really yeah. interesting show and we've got two great tobaccos to do with that the craft robusto which is phenomenal this year and uh the bold kentucky that's going to go with a lot of different things too great stuff but you know thank you so much for being with us nasty nick glad you were here clap, clap, glad you were clap. bold enough to wear the lavender shirt that's mm -hmm. very good hey man let's go abs you're nasty you know they only got, they only got <laughs> two more games to win that's right <laughs> i'm gonna wrap it all right your hood there you go guys <laughs> that's a wrap and that's not just blowing oh, smoke okay. thanks for being with us <laughs> thank you come again you've been listening to not just blowing smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge expertise and fun of twins smoke shop new england's premier smoke shop right to you wherever you are whenever you want it you can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Not just blowing smoke.